Hi friends, um, my name is Pastor Jennifer and uh, I thought what I would start doing is um, recording my sermon. So if somebody is unable to, to make church um, on a Sunday or just wants to kind of go back and, and listen again, that um, just in the comfort of my own home, I would share with you the message. Um, or if you know somebody who um, would like to hear God's word proclaimed, um, feel free to share this message with them. Um, you know, and, and it's my hope ultimately that uh, God's love and grace and good news is heard all over the world. Um, I mean, ultimately, that was God's hope. And so if I can just be one little drop um, to help spread the word, I want to be. And so, uh, again, what I'd like to do is share with you the passage that I preached on um, this past Sunday. It comes from Mark. It's the second Sunday of Advent. And as we prepare for Christmas, uh, hear the word of God. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in the Isaiah the prophet, it reads, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And of course, John the Baptist, that's um, why he gets his name, because he baptized so many people. Um, he was talking about the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so I started off my sermon by asking the question, um, if you think you are good with directions. And brothers and sisters, I will tell you that I think I'm really good with directions. I will get in the car. I think I know where my destination is. And I'll head out, um, you know, ready to run the er errand or pick up the child only uh, to find myself wishing that I had used Google Maps. And so I'm really good with directions until I'm not. And um, I was thinking just this past week, I went to pick up uh, my daughter from her friend's house and, uh, you know, they gave me the address and I actually had it in my Google Maps on my phone. And as I was driving, I completely missed the house. Um, I was distracted. There was a bonfire in the background and, uh, you know, my mind was focused on this, this giant fire as opposed to um, where Felicity lived. And so I turned around and uh, Felicity's dad said to me, he's like, you know, you were driving and I even waved to you as you went by and you still didn't see me. Um, in my defense, it was dark, um, but I should also not confess that I had the address plugged in to Google Maps. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with directions until I'm not. And isn't that true? Like we're, we're good with directions until we're not. Or in our faith, uh, we think we have it all figured out. If we are driving this thing called life, um, we're good until we're not. And so when I get lost, I often call my boyfriend, who's really good uh, knowing his way around the city, and I'll say, like, hey, this is where I am. Um, help me find my way. And he always um, says to me, he says, uh, Jen, use Google Maps. It's a great, it's a great app. Um, and I say that uh, in in jest, in terms of um, our life, instead of using Google Maps. Hey, Jen, 
use God. He's the creator of the direction of your life. Maybe you should tune in. Ooh, ouch. But it's something that we, we need to consider. And so um, for this first uh, passage that I'm sharing with you online, it is fitting um, in the sense that that John is preparing the people uh, for the direction of their life. And he's essentially telling them, you know, like the direction that you should be going should be in line with God and, and God's will. Like he should be the one leading you. Um, and so that's what I would like for us to focus on today as I, I share this word. Um, the Gospel of Mark, it opens up with this man. He is um, not an ordinary man, at least not to the standards of the people living in the Judean countryside or Jerusalem. He was kind of wild. He had uh, wore camel's hair on his back. He ate, <coughs> excuse me, locust and wild honey. And he, again, would be a man defined um, not like most of the common people from the town. Instead, uh, he was a, a man who lived in the wilderness and he would have lived in poverty. Uh, we don't know why, most likely. Scholars think that, that he had chosen to live that lifestyle, um, which says something about him and the fact that he was so committed to his mission to introduce people to Jesus and to prepare them for the coming of Jesus that... Um, you know, nothing else mattered to him. Lifestyle didn't matter. What he looked like, what he wore, it didn't matter. What mattered is that people heard the word of God and they repented and they were baptized. They were prepared um, to, to commit their life to this coming savior. And so who, who exactly was he preaching to? Well, we were told in the passage, it was the people of the Judean countryside. It was the people of Jerusalem. Uh, these were communities that could have been considered culturally and moral, morally, excuse me, superior than anyone living in the wilderness. Uh, these folks, they didn't want for anything. Uh, some came from, um, you know, great wealth. But for whatever reason, even though these quote-unquote superior people, um, they still came out into the wilderness. They came to, to listen and to learn from John. And, um, you know, it's interesting because it says something about his ministry and his a message that he had something dynamic to to preach on and to share and folks were interested and they wanted to hear it and they were giving their lives uh, over to the Lord and preparing themselves for the coming savior. And so I want to talk really about um this word called repent. We hear it over and over again. Um what does that mean? Well, one, we can think of to repent, meaning to turn away from sin. Uh, sin is that thing that is anything opposite of who God is and what God desires for your life. Um, it was explained to me once, and, and this stuck because sin can be difficult to, to you know, like really grasp your head around as opposed to like listing out various um you know, things that you should and shouldn't do. Uh, it was just simply said to me that if God is love and God is life and God is good and God is forgiving, then anything opposite of who God is and this life giving that, that God offers, um, anything that's opposite of God would be considered sin. And so John is saying, hey, your lifestyle, I need you to repent. I need to make sure that you are turning and you're facing your heart and your life, your words and your actions on the things that are of God. But also, 
there's a couple other definitions that you can use to um, to understand repentance, and not necessarily in terms of thinking of sin, but um, let me share this with you. Uh, another Greek, you know, if you, if you take the Greek word for repentance, um, it can actually be broken down to mean these two things. Um, A, stepping out of one's existing mindset, and B, having one's perception of the world changed and being transformed. So when we use this definition, then the scripture, it starts to expand for us. Now we're not just talking about sin as in actions, do's and don'ts, but now it's, it's like, it's a transformation for our life. Um, and so it makes us start to really think about who we are. And again, this this path that we are walking, you know, sometimes it's really easy to just keep walking the same path, doing the same thing over and over, uh, simply because we're creatures of habit and it's comfortable. Um, and so as John is preaching this repentance, he's causing the people of the Judean countryside in Jerusalem to think about their life and the path that they're walking. Um, these folks, they've been characterized by their social status. There was this huge gap between the upstanding citizens of the community and those living in the wilderness. And uh, even when you continue to read Mark and and Jesus, Jesus was often um, dismantling these economic, social, political, and power norms of the day. And so John, to, to preach on repentance, was saying, like, hey, Maybe you need to like think about your social status and your social norms and and redirect because there's this gap between you and others. And so again, maybe the path, you know, to the people of Jerusalem and, and the Judean countryside, maybe the path you're on needs to to change. And so as as we think about them in their context, I also want us to think about us in our context. Um you know, like the audience of John, we're living, you know, each of us as individuals and sometimes as a, a community, maybe it's a, a body of believe, believers, maybe it's a family, maybe it's a social group, um, right? We think that we are walking like this direction because it's what we do, it's what we know, it's who we know and who we've come to expect in our lives. Um, but then sometimes God intervenes and he calls us uh, to to change and uh, he speaks to us in a thousand different ways um, sometimes through a prophet like John but uh, sometimes just in the ordinary means of grace as John Wesley would say just in ordinary ways um, something that has someone has said to us oh and it, it hits a nerve it, it starts to speak to our heart uh, maybe it's a song we hear on the radio maybe it's a dream that we have maybe a vision or maybe it's it's something um, that happens whenever we're taking the sacrament of communion. But sometimes God, like the people in the Judean countryside in Jerusalem, sometimes God is speaking to us and calling us into this repentance. And maybe not necessarily a repentance of sin, but a repentance or a change in the direction that we are going. And so that's kind of the, the crux of where I focused this sermon this past Sunday. And I really want um, to encourage you to think and reflect on how you are hearing God and what you are hearing God say to you. Um, 
you know, for each of us, it's it's going to be different. Um, sometimes it's the same, but um, that's really something that that I want you to wrestle with and and answer. You know, is God telling you that that now's the time to to change a job? Um, or maybe you were going to change a job, but but God's saying, hold up, like don't don't leave that that job just yet because I have other plans for you in store or. Um, Maybe it's a change of relationship, uh, a course of study. I'm going back to school right now. Uh, in this past semester, I said that I'm not going to take uh, a particular uh, class anymore because I I don't think I need it, um, and I don't think that's the direction that God has me on. You know, um, it can be in any ways. Definitely for me, though, God has called me to, to change direction in my career and in my walk with him in my ministry path. Um, I'm starting a new church and uh, that is incredibly like mind blowing. This is not at all the path that I had set out uh, to walk. Certainly not at the beginning of the year um, of 2022, but now that we're at the end of 2022 and I'm uh, thinking about the new year, I'm going to be planting a church and we're going to be worshiping in a completely different location January 2023 than I was worshiping in January 2022. So again, God calls us sometimes to repent and he He calls us to, to change our direction and our focus because he's got the map, he's got the plan, he's got the direction, and he encourages us to listen. And so that's the hard part. Are we willing to listen even though it might be uncomfortable, even though it's not what we had set out to do, um, but we are trusting that God won't ever get us lost. All right, one final thought. I'm going to take a swig here because my throat is dry. One final thought. Our passage of scripture takes place in the wilderness. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, and if this is your first time encountering scripture, let me share this little tidbit. Oftentimes, God is putting people out in strange places that they call the wilderness, deserts, um, places where, where people don't typically go, maybe they're alone. And so when God has us out in this wilderness, and maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness of sorts sometimes in your life. You're just, you just feel like you're alone. You feel like you're lost. Um, you might be confused. Maybe you don't have a, a good vision or direction. What happens a lot of times when we meet characters in scripture who are in the wilderness, and John was in the wilderness, and the Judean people and the Jerusalem people, they were going out in the wilderness to meet John. It's often a great place to learn and grow and be challenged by God. Um, it's also a great time to draw closest to God when you're in this place of unknown territory. And so I just want to say this to you, and I'll, I'll close here. If you feel like you are in the wilderness in some capacity, maybe it's um, not sure of the direction of your career, or maybe it's um, an unsteady place in a relationship or a difficult uh, situation at work. You're, you're just in a, a place of unknowing. Just stay there. Hold on. And use this time 
to really connect with God. Lean in, listen, be in prayer, be in the word, and just ask God to reveal to you the next step or the next direction that he wants you to take. Because it's often in the wilderness that you encounter him and you get a clearer vision than you've ever had before. And so, brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are, but I pray that if the Lord is tugging on your heart in some capacity, he's tugging on it because he loves you and he wants to lead you. And he's saying, hey, I won't get you lost. Follow me. He's saying, hey, listen to me. Have faith in me because I'm going to lead you and I'm going to steer you in a path that's good and loving and life-giving and hopeful. So whether it's now as we prepare for Christmas or as we prepare for the, the next step in our life, the next season, won't you let him lead you? Brothers and sisters, I hope this message was helpful to you. And until we gather again, just like this, on a simple screen, God bless you. Amen.